0: This is the Dog Psychology Podcast with Lynn Boki, Todd Langston, and Art Ortiz.
1: Well, I've actually te- I've texted Caesar that question directly before, and, and yeah, so I it was a client I think he had sent me. That might be why I tra- initiated. And I asked him if a dog is intact and they do not get a chance to mate, you know, do they get frustrated? And he said yes. And, and I asked if he suggests that they, you know, kind of have it taken care of, not necessarily to mate. I think there's actually services, believe it or not, that can take care of it. It's called OnlyFans. Yeah, right. Doggy (laughs) OnlyFans. So, so yeah, it will, that is, that's legitimate. You know, I'm actually dealing with that with a neighbor right now. I have a, a a guy who has a little chihuahua, intact chihuahua, and the dog across the street is in heat. And he says, my dog hasn't slept in three days. And he's just out there fucking sniffing and marking all on the, the dog's front. Give him something
0: do. Go, go for go for a run with him or something. For crying out loud!
1: Yeah, dude, that's that's what I'm going to tell my my neighbor to do. Man, just go for a run, brother. Big well, older man. is, right. I don't I don't give anybody fucking advice. You guys, do you guys give? I don't. I do not give unsolicited advice. No. You know what I mean? He just. Oh, like, I, yeah, see, I, I thought you said you were talking to your neighbor. Yeah, because I was out front walking. I had a student with me and he was walking up the street and he was just out there because there was a house for sale. And we were talking and he goes, man, he goes, this dog across the way has been intact. Is, uh, is in heat. My boy hasn't slept for three days. I'm not going to be like, dude, you know what you need to do? Doesn't he know that you work with dogs? Everybody out here knows I work with dogs. And
0: that's, that's a solicited question, man.
1: That is not. No way. People
0: do that shit all the time. They'll talk to you like a friend, but they really want to know something. I just say, just ask your question.
1: Nah, but it was uh, so you could, yeah, it definitely it, to answer that question, yes.
0: Well, that's that's an opinion. I don't know that I want. I don't know where your dog. I, I,
1: I, I, I definitely believe an intact dog gets frustrated. I absolutely believe an in intact dog gets frustrated outside sure. of what he says. Uh, does it need to be rubbed out twice a year? I mean, I. I think we do that a little bit more than twice a year. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, so it's, like- it's Twice a week, but the,
0: the point is, is that uh, I understand what I'm doing and I have a willing participant left and right, but uh, a dog you, he's gonna rub it out with another dog that's in heat, they're gonna be having puppies. So I don't know how you could possibly have a dog uh, be satisfied twice a year because he's intact. Uh, I understand that they get frustrated. That's absolutely true, but there's other ways to drain that off. Um, that's why you see a lot of dogs that even that, that are uh, spayed neutered, male or female, humping inanimate objects, humping each other because they're frustrated. They've got extra energy that isn't being uh, given a proper outlet. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I was in the Marine Corps boot camp, you know, three months. I didn't get to rub it out at all. You had to deal with it, right? So I I wasn't frustrated at all during three months. I was working out the whole time, learning stuff the whole time. There's no way. I'm just really focused on how can you, how can not you, but uh, how can people think that we got to satisfy the dogs twice a year? I, I I don't know that that's. I
1: think, I think what I think some people out there are generating a business idea right now. So um, let him yeah. have it.
0: You can have that business idea. Well, I don't want to stand it. with this with the images on the side, you know, like that do for the running the, that the uh, treadmill thing. Could you imagine that going around everywhere?
2: No, it had to be on every other door. <laughs> ding ding ding. Right, I that, actually asked my vet that question. I asked like um if how, how they do it, and he goes exactly what you think they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how else do you think it's going to happen, right? It's I mean, <laughs> I asked another vet well, one time and cuz I had this uh, intact male that I got from next door, was amazing freaking dog, like amazing energy, like just awesome dog. Um he he was 5 years old when I got him, he was still intact. But I mean, he wasn't walking around like he was frustrated. He wasn't humping everything. He was just a chill dog. Yeah, so well, he's,
0: he's fulfilled in other areas, right? <laughs>
2: Well, well you know he lived they, in a back no, he lived in a backyard. backyard,
0: well, he might have had a different kind of uh spot in the chain of whether it's the spot in the pack back of the pack, maybe he just didn't have that kind of energy to care to do anything else, yeah are oh, you talking about oh. that white uh blind dog, yeah, yeah, that Death dog, dog. very Death chill life. that uh, that that's that dog doesn't ever need to have one rubbed yeah. out. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess it's to be clarified. If you were a male intact dog and you were never exposed to uh, an intact female dog, the instinct would probably never be triggered because it has to be hormonally triggered. I would imagine by the smell, but testosterone. I mean, I think there's a benefit to it if it's regulated. I mean, because it is a regulating hormone, and this is where maybe at the beginning of my career I was like, "Yeah, neuter everybody," and I still think you know, based on the you know the way our culture set up, it's necessary. But. Uh, I feel dogs at least this is my experience in my opinion that dogs that have made it tend to be a little bit more balanced uh, if if everything all be all things being equal, I think they tend to be a little bit more balanced there's almost like a wisdom about them there 's almost like a wisdom about a maternal dog that's that's had puppies that you know you don't see in, in dogs that have not and you're limited to the female i mean in general i I would agree with it the same thing with males males that have made it, males that are intact that have made it and, and gone through full cycles of things. I feel they just have a different vibe about them. I think going through full cycles of things is what the animal is supposed to do. Of and course, I
0: think that that is true, you mother nature. But we're we're domesticated. We're talking about you know how how is anybody going to fulfill that? That's not well, possible. I, I,
2: I know. I, I was like you, Todd. I I used to think like spay neuter every dog, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, but when I spent my time in Germany with with that trainer who has Pack of sixty dogs. Only two of the dogs were unaltered, and I asked her specifically because that was something that I've been told, even okay. by people that we look up to, right? Is that you spay your dogs? She, she's also fulfilling the dogs, so that that is a huge thing. But I asked she's, her so what happens. What happens? What happens? Hang on, I'm not done. Hang on, know, I'm not done. And the green. With you. I know, but hang on, I just want to get the stock because I'll forget um and so i asked her what happens when the, when the female goes in heat don't the dogs fight and she uh, eh, i just separate them <laughs> like no it was no big deal like and she wasn't having like accidental litters and things like that but she was also a breeder so she had you know she was it was very controlled um but that really changed my how i saw things because here she was you know and she i even asked her cuz uh, the it came up in conversation later that i worked for, for Caesar, and she goes, you know, in her broken English, she's like, you know, uh, that's the one thing that I don't like about Caesar that he castrates the animals.
1: He doesn't need to do that.
0: He doesn't do it though.
2: He just works with dogs that are.
1: I think I think if he probably was back in Mexico, I bet he'd leave things. And <laughs> you know, that lady,
2: one hundred percent. That's what the, I thought too.
1: I, I've learned a lot from that lady through you, you know, because of those stories you told, and. I had a guy email me from Argentina and he had a pack of intact dogos that he cool. hunted mountain lions with. And he said, When I'm hunting, I'm fine. But I wanna know if I can get these dogs to live at home and be okay at home. And I asked there's certain times I don't know if you do this right. There's certain times I'll just let me see if Caesar runs to this one, right? And and I and I messaged Caesar and he sent it back and he just said you have to make being calm as as important as hunting, you know, so you have to make you know calmness is, as intense an activity as hunting for it to work and I don't really know if it made made sense to the guy you know and, and that would have been my answer. I have something along those lines of you know you have to you, what you would have to do and I think that's a good thing for us to talk about because I think it's a common thing how do you get dogs together and <laughs> And that was that's the thing. In in this case they were intact and this, this guy could never get them to be at home. Only work.
0: Well they're uh, in their uh, predatory state all the time, and there's a, a motor pattern or a predatory sequence, and if they're in that all the time when they're out hunting, then like Caesar said, they don't teach them <laughs> Is it a
2: is it a present, what? big
0: fella? You got a present
1: in there, Art.
2: what, what uh, do you mean? Is yes, that enough pass? Sorry, I meant to put you on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. So like Caesar said,
0: you got to teach them, you know, how to behave at home just as much as they allow the instinctual part and human guiding uh, the hunt. So they put a lot of effort into that, but they probably put no effort into when they're at home because they just want to relax too. So if they're constantly in that predatory state, they're waiting for something to trigger the sequence all the time. And, uh, you know, you put a bunch of dudes together that are meant to be warriors, and they're just, you watch like the uh, UFC when they put the all the guys in the house, and then you're gonna find out who's gonna be, there's fights all the time. You got a bunch of dudes in there, and they're competing every other day, not necessarily themselves, but yeah, it's they, they just need to give them something else to do that, that right. keeps them away from that sequence. What you got there, Art? What'd you get, man?
2: Oh, it's a it's a USB hub. So when I get when I get my whenever my iPhone decides to come in, um, I can hook up Ethernet to my iPhone. That's another thing you could do, Todd. Actually, instead of getting those, those things, you could just hook up an Ethernet cable directly to your laptop.
1: Uh, our, it's, the, it's the way that we're wired out here. This is, this is kind of the reception out here is really bad. I think what he's saying is take your cable
0: instead of using your Wi-Fi and hook that into your, your computer so you got the actual connection instead mm. of piggybacking. Gotcha. Listen to then doing some technology talk that, that, what that the
1: fuck? I, didn't, I didn't understand where that was coming from yeah.
0: something weird happened. From
1: partner adam but not from you
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah that's a good idea i think i might hook
0: mine up too
1: so let's so see. what we're talking about let, let's have you know this is a good segue for you guys I'll, whoever wants to chime in what would be you know i think we could probably say if you were to list, if we were to all put what's the 10 most common things we deal with, I bet we have a, our lists are pretty similar. And I think one of the top three or four is people trying to coexist with dogs and the misnomer that they think they're, they're the ones responsible for the dogs getting together versus sometimes they got lucky and then they try to do it again and it blows up. And you start to get fights with dogs that live together for a long time. Um, and, and what they're not realizing is that, they didn't have the grip on it that maybe they perceived and just what it takes. Like, what would you suggest to somebody that called you up and they're trying to get their dogs who had previously, let's say, got along and we can run this a million different scenarios, but that previously got along that are now fighting, you know, let's say somebody, you get this call, you know, so my dogs, we've, we've got these two dogs, there's a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And we've had them, you know, for three years and in the last three months, and they always kind of throw in the out of nowhere, they started fighting. And you know, you start talking to him and they fight over, you know, maybe some food was there, and then maybe it was over what they'll call the jealousy over maybe mom or, and you know what I mean. You know, they're out in the fence, and they saw another dog along the fence line, and they fought out there. What What do you think is the advice people need to hear? And I know we could bring we can go back all the way back to his. Min- minutia wise as you want, but what
0: do you well, guys? How- where, you, where you come in on? I mean, every every part of that has its own little scenario. Can can I briefly go over the pattern that happens? Sure. Okay. So you, so people have a dog. This is a zero to one hundred. At some point, things will branch off. I'm just going to give the the common uh, thread there. When dogs fight, everybody's like, "What the hell just happened?" Right? Maybe even the dog said, "What just happened?" And then it might be a week to a month to a year later uh, before they fight again. This time everybody's like, what the hell? Why is this happening? The the third time, fourth time, fifth time, that's where they start separating them for sure. They start separating them. And then there comes this point in time, depending on which dog is which, if the one is constantly defending themselves over and over and over again, that's the, that's the why it takes three months, six months, a year before they're fighting all the time because now he's become defensive. And when they separate him so much, what happens when they open the door, they just pick up right where they left off. You're gonna hurt me at some point, so I'm gonna hurt you first. Yep. So anywhere along that line, I can I can tell you what, what I would do. And there's a point where I highly recommend you either find a home for the dog or prepare your life for be so highly managed and requirement of discipline consistency and yeah. it's just you're just a jailer at that point crate and rotate literally let's you can talk
1: about that okay let's talk well, about that because people don't one. think that, that people think that no matter what they can always make it work get along what is it that it takes for people to understand that look there's going to be a point like I have my way that I, I if somebody calls me up and they give me a certain description of things, you already know walking into it that the li- the likelihood of this is, you know, we're talking really low single digit percentage. You know, you're if, if you just for whatever reason you have this particular person that just didn't have the knowledge, but everything else is in place. Um, well, I mean, what does that take? Because it's it's common. It's it's crazy common that the the, the force the force compatible.
0: Yeah, you know, one of my. Uh, you know, very rarely do I have anybody that has two or more dogs fighting for long periods of time or even just a couple of times. Are they able to have a f- carefree or even keep the dogs together? One of the couples, they were, they went, they lived seven years of sleeping in separate beds with each other. One had one dog and the other, the other two dogs, and they would switch it out. And first thing I did is take the dogs in and said, go on a fucking vacation. Yeah. Nothing's going to change until you go on vacation and, and find out who each other are again and fall in love because it's not going to matter what I do. So that happened. They did keep all the dogs and these are big dogs, like Dane mix types of dogs and pit, you know, and, and they were three of them fighting. It's crazy. That is insane. The love for the dog to keep all that together, but very rare. Does I mean, your life has to become very, very structured that means the dog's life has to become structured first to so understand that means that there needs to be a high level education understanding how to how to do this and that needs to be passed on to the owners and it needs to be passed on to the owners no no board and train give it off for a couple of hours this has to be done yeah. over it's it's
2: it's scary if you're not careful the only, the only way things are going to change is if we cha- the owners change what they're doing right and so that's why like I got the idea probably from both you guys uh the the immersion um you know both you guys offered that, and I was like, I'm gonna do that too, you know, so working with the the people in their home, where they live, you know, the immersion program that we that we do is you know a minimum of three weeks where I go in and work with the dogs um you know in the environment where they're at, so' if, let's say they are fighting, well, I'm gonna be creating a structure, a certain structure that the owners have to maintain, and there is i I think like there's a big misconception. I think that's where you're both you guys were trying to get at is that things like we can get them to to be coexist. I think we have to change the way of what socialization is for them because coexisting in the same room is socialization. People think dogs playing is socialization, and I think that's where things get confusing. You know, so people want oh, I want them to play, but they fight when they play. Well, you want them to coexist, right? Let's get them to be in the same room. Let's start there. If we can't do that. Then we can't get them to be playing. <laughs>
0: find one thing to succeed at and grow from there. Um, and these what? people will have the dogs around that I'm talking about They're to, but they could never leave them alone. They had to, you know, that's what you're doing. Uh, I have the, I have a similar thing, but I, I travel and it's a day home intervention and uh, it's, it's a sink or swim type of thing. But uh, yeah. So let me just back up on that pattern real quick. Uh, before it gets that extreme, there is a short window where you can solve this problem and not have to be so managed in life and careful. But it is a very small window that nobody's looking out of first until it's suddenly in your face. And that's where your small window exists. But if we start learning.
1: So what do you how- mean by small window?
0: A small window because they haven't got to the point where one is on uh, defense every time.
1: They haven't separated them yet. Huh? To me, to me, where like the thing that once there, it's like if they're fighting on on eyes, like you're screwed. Like as soon as it becomes to where they can catch a visual clue just of any type of visual aspect of the other one and it triggers a fight. You know what I mean? So that's when you're saying you have this short window. If you get there, to me, you're it's it can happen, but it can't happen in that environment. You know what I mean? That's, that's-
0: yeah. It, 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 you're, you're right. And the, the part I was talking about for people to get on, they, they're not seeing the eye part. Their short window is you're separating them and you're not putting them back together. There's not right. much time. The window they're not looking at yet is the eyes and all of the stuff that they're talking about weeks, months before they actually have that first contact. That is the absolute best time to understand the difference. Well, they left each other alone in the beginning. What do you mean they left each other alone? Well, you know, they they just didn't, they weren't in the same room very often. They would never laid next to each other. That's called avoidance. And you're in a small territory that it has to be divided at some point. And the water's on my side, fuck's dick. Don't come on my side over here. And then it starts because there's no outlet, no structure, no dividing line in, in rank that's the window they're not seeing by the time they see the fighting that's where you've got a small window to fix everything mm.
1: when i just described what when i described this to humans so they kind of feel it is i i kind of go in this. so you you know when you and your husband or you and your partner are getting a fight and one of you storms out and you don't resolve it and you come back in like how quick and easy is it to get back into a fight you get in a little fight again and you storm out and after two or three of those, I mean, you're, that's what divorce and stuff's about. You just get to the point where you're so nose, eyes, ears triggered, where you hear their voice from, you know, 20 feet away and you start to just be a like, goddamn motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you see, like, you see a photo of them and you tense up. And people have to understand, like, a dog's going through the same thing. So to your point, if, if are you explaining that sw- small window to be like, and What's let's, let's go ahead and You miss it and they fight. How do you, re-, you know, to me, we know how to repair it. That's the small window too, is that once you have that fight, the small window is if you separate, you're creating what we're explaining where you're now in a fight with your spouse. Yeah, once so you start
0: separating, it's almost over. That's why almost it's always. a small window. You get two or three fights because they don't fight right after each other. They fight and it might be a week, a month, six months down the line, they'll have another one. And then that will shrink up. When they, cause they're far apart, then they start shrinking up and they become so visible. This happens all the time for no reason. It's not for no reason. It's been happening. So their window of time is when they, before they start separating, when they're fighting enough to where you're like, I don't don't know, I don't don't know. Don't ask each other anymore. Find somebody who can help you. That is the point that anybody listening, if your dogs have fought once, twice, don't wait. Don't wait. You get to the point where you separate. I'm telling you, you have to almost separate, separate. But let me, I'm sorry, let me just say this one thing. I, I want to make sure uh, we understand not just that they're going to fight and they're, they're bad and this. Sometimes, especially the ones who have been defending themselves so long and worried and worried, worried till the finally they get to a point where they're being uh, aggressive. Uh, let's look at that uh, sequence, that predatory sequence. At what point does the predator attack? right, or chase, right? So at that point when the prey realizes that they are the target, that's terror, it's it instinct. I gotta, I got, oh, I li- could you imagine living like that on a daily basis? And my only reprieve is after I get in a fight, you separate me. And now I gotta live like this again. That is what I'm more concerned about is learning how your dog feels and why is he feeling like this? He's not doing it because it's a cool word.
2: That's, what, happened, yeah, it, that's what, what happens. That's like, what at dog parks all the time, by the way. That's the up, yeah. that's why that's what happens at dog parks all the time. I'm not I'm by mm-hmm. the way, I'm not anti dog park like most people are. Um and not that I go to them either. I used to. Um I created my own dog park, I'll talk about that later. But you know, a lot of times when 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 I ask questions like, Oh, my dog used to be really good with dogs, and I'm like, What happened? Well, I don't know. Like, no, what happened? I started digging and like, oh, well, one time we were at the dog park and he was attacked by a dog and now he feels the need to defend himself. So now he's reactive because he sees a dog. And the last time he was around a dog, they were pulling him apart and he was trying to bark at them and, and you know, bite the dog back because now he's, he's, in, he's in defense. Every time I see a dog, I've got to be defensive. So I'm trying to make that dog go away, right? So that's so we can, created the we pattern. We can look
0: at that point we had last week with the um, uh, reinforcing an emotion. So we may not reinforce the emotion of fear of getting attacked, but we are reinforcing the behavior before the fear Mm -hmm. needs to be there. And and so like you're saying, there are, when, when they say what, when you say what happened, they find out it was a dog park. I bet you, if you ask more, you'd find out they lifted the dog up. They carried it out. They cried. They don't, every time they go back to the dog park, they're on the lookout, which is telling the dog to be on the lookout too. And so it's (laughs) just like, why would I go in there? You are afraid to go in so
2: here and in, in, here at the social that that we do, um you know we it's it's all movement right so there's no no owner standing around, everyone's moving and we had last weekend we had the, the first social we've had since the, the spring with thirty seven dogs um, but it we had this one incident where a dog. Was guarding like a certain area, and that's why we keep things moving. And so the dog was guarding a certain area and went after another dog, and it just—it was a bunch of sound. You know, sometimes you get those dogs just ah! I make a bunch of sound. I stepped and I stopped it, but they were still kind of intense with each other, like like staring at them. So that one of the owners was like that dog needs a little needs to leave. I'm like, nope, that dog is not leaving. And you, because you agreed, you agreed <laughs> that you're not allowed to interact with any of the dogs. Myself and all the other trainers are the only ones that can interact with the dogs. We got both dogs on leash. We start walking them, start walking them. And as soon as their body language changed, they became a little softer. and took the leashes off, and they were fine. And they've been fine since so it was just that one incident. But had we separated them at that moment, they were, every time they saw each other, it would have created a fight.
0: You know, Absolutely, especially if they would have left. That dog's got to leave. Yeah. And what that does to the human, oh, my God, I got kicked out of the social from DogFit Dallas. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm horrible. My dog is horrible. Now we created something. It's a ricochet,
2: but what was the dog guarding? I don't remember what it was. I was at a distance. I just saw it from a distance. I saw the dog posture a little bit, like maybe it was a smell. I don't know. Maybe it could have been poop, could have been rabbit poop. I don't know.
1: Okay. But that's, that's modern human right now is like, they're, they're staying in something hard is not taught. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. So difficult things are almost discouraged. Right. So instead of, I mean. We talked about that before—the whole fear-free movement. That's basically, hey, don't go through anything nervous. And so, you know, that's where humans are at. Humans are at the exact same place. So instead of going, hey, man, that was kind of sketchy, let's hang out here until everything relaxes. Everybody leaves at the worst possible time. You know, everybody gets mad, adds a little whole layer to it, and and then they seek training. It's like, well, dude, just use some common sense. Like, just go back. It's always the for whatever reason, we're taught to get back on the horse, right? So we're taught that when you're nervous, if you leave something nervous, uh, you're always going to be nervous, but we're not taught that that's literally the end. That's every behavior, right? So every, if you're back something if you are everything is the, how you end something is how you pick it up. Mm-hmm. And so that's behaviorally speaking. That's something that I think has saved me personally as a human, so much grief and so much emotional energy by understanding there's things that, I don't want to take in and take on and look at because if I end it that way, what it means. And just knowing that there's a time to just go, that's it. And like when when to just when to do that, the, the power of that. And then also knowing the reverse of is you got to stick it out, you know, and knowing the power of that. I remember um, Mr. Pickles fell in the pool one time and I was standing right there and I could see him struggling, but I wasn't going to do anything because I know I needed him to find his way out. I was standing right there. He wasn't nothing was going to happen to him. And he struggled, he struggled, he struggled, he struggled and then he found it. I was taking my flip-flops off. I was getting ready to get in the water. I mean, I was everything was ready. He finally found the stairs, he gets out and we I play with him. I'm like, "Yeah!" Like I celebrate. You know what I mean? I was like, "Yeah!" Woo! laughing and having a good old time with it. And the whole point being, well, he needs to learn something here. I have to swallow whatever nervousness I have and, and worry I had. I had to, you know, but I was getting ready. And I think that's missing. I think most people just immediately react to if there's emotion. They don't take this moment and, and go, okay, wait, let's, all right, what's happening? The, is, wait, he's figuring it out. You know what I mean? And, I, and I, I mean, it's across all kinds of things. That's just an example I can think of.
0: Well, we're either overcompensating or undercompensating. So people will say they got to fig- let the dogs figure it out on their own. <laughs> That's the most dangerous thing I've ever heard. Which is sort of what you're saying, but you're understanding what you're getting ready to do. You're understanding what the dog is going through, but most people are—they don't understand. So let the dogs figure it out, and let's just look at their history where they've been isolated, alienated, no socialization, no no outlets at all. Let's let them figure it out. That's not going to end well
2: because well, they don't have any the other one sense. is uh, um, just let let dogs be dogs. And I think Caesar said one time he's like, "If you let dogs be dogs, they're gonna let dogs be dogs." Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: I have, the one I like is when they. It's funny how people get real <laughs> natural. Also, let dogs fight it out. And, you know the same dog. You know, and then they humanize them on the next breath, or that's um, the same person that also thinks because I feed one dog first, I'm making it dominant. Mm. Oh. That kind of mindset of, of how I can make one dog like if you want to use the word dominant or pack well I let one dog come in first and I let one dog like, eh, well. you know You could
0: trigger some serious aggression yeah. on understanding their rank and, and system and
1: talk about that how? So how can you trigger Say, i you know, we all have these conversations, right? So how can you trigger People, uh, early on, Lynn, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if we talked about this. Very, very early on, you made us record our appointments.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you I, didn't very many. What's that? <laughs> and you didn't send me very many.
1: I sent um, you a couple yeah. of them. I remember yes. one up, I was, I was uh, having a disagreement with a client. and You pointed out that the dog was looking back and forth. And you, you go, he's waiting to see who wins. Right. And, right? He's waiting to see which side he is on. <laughs> so little things like that have always forever stayed with me. and. You know, part of what it takes to have multiple dogs in a house is to understand that every dog is seeing everything that's happening to everybody and everyone else. So, if you treat the weakest dog a certain way, you can create an issue, just like you can if you like baby somebody at the at the playground. If you baby the pussy at the (laughs) playground, they're all going to come bully on them. It's just the natural social tendency.
0: Unless. You give them the power, like I did with Tuxedo. I'll take a a dog or a weaker individual and build them up and put them in a position of authority and make sure that everybody understands this is the authority, not pamper them and put them in front of everybody and then leave them there like that. That's going to cause the problems you're talking about right there. So they need to see that what this dog or what this kid says is the rule because I'm giving him the power. And if I'm not here, the more I'm there, like with Tuxedo, the more I'm there to follow through on what Tuxedo is saying, the more they just automatically stop looking at me and just start saying Tuxedo is the one. When he says something, we got to move out of the way. And then he can do that without me there because it's been associated to their, their physical memory. But you can really be bad uh, influencer, encourager. You could be a, a flammable like no, no, you let, now you back up. You let him go first. You know, that, that's bad. <laughs> and it's worse if you're not paying attention because they are, like I said, they're studying everything. And the second you get out of the view, they're going to take, the, take advantage of it. Unless you're working with dogs that aren't yours and you're trying to get them together and you're a dog trainer and you don't really understand the conversation and you're trying to train one with sound and the other one just doesn't like what's happening, what, and it boom goes in there and gets it. You have to pay attention to what they're saying all the time. I don't know if that answered your question or not, Todd. Um, did I answer the right
2: question? Did I? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have something you want to add, Art? Yeah. Sorry, Art? sorry. I was coughing. I was. I muted myself. I've been a little sick. Um, uh, no, I mean I, I do the same thing as far as is like how i get the dogs in even how i feed them um there's a certain order every single day how i get the dogs in we just got a new dog i don't know if you guys saw that but i i found a dog tethered outside my jujitsu gym um really freaking awesome dog it actually reminds me of like of dorium's dogs same little you know not yeah. as big smaller uh but very amazing energy low what's that low, low, low center center gravity. Of gravity. she is dense she's small but heavy um, and so I found her outside my gym and I thought she belonged to somebody. Anyway, so I brought her home. Uh, actually I took her to the shelter first and then they were, you know, at 135% capacity or 35% over capacity. And it was going to be like a two hour wait before I could even take her in. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't have two hours, uh, bring her home. And I could just tell like her energy was so good that I, I, I just knew like something like, oh, well, you know, take the slow and, you know, do it. There's a, the three, three, three where it's like. You know, three weeks before you do this, and three uh, or three days, and three weeks, and then three months, these are things that you should do in in this time frame. You know, but I just, and I, 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 mean, I, I think for the general public, that's a good practice to do. But for me, I saw this dog's energy, and I just knew that this dog was going to be a really good fit, like just a really good fit. So I brought her in, and sure enough, I, I have a, even how I intro, the dogs to the house. I'm bringing a dog. I, I bring in a certain dog depending on the energy that's coming in, right. So if I have a more happy-go-lucky, I'll bring a happy-go-lucky dog out, which is my dog, Buddha, or Pickles. Uh, Or if it's a dog that's kind of forward, I bring out Buddha. But this dog was sensitive. She was a sensitive dog, and so I bring out my sensitive dog, which is Nala. So Nala comes out, smells her, and this dog just rolls over. And I'm getting information. This is how I'm getting information also, how this dog is by how she reacts to my dogs and how my dogs react to her. Um, And so she's been amazing. She's been here. But the funny thing was that, she started to get, this little dog started to get a little more confident and started yeah. you know, moving around. It's always that honeymoon phase. So sure enough, what is, and I got it on video too. I, I got it on video where Nala just kind of like chest bumps her and knocks over and then kind of like stands over her, but then moves away and the dog just like lays down like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. And I just let, and that, is, that is, when I say I'm going to let him do that, I know my dog's well enough to allow those things to happen. You know?
1: Well, you got to watch it. You got to, you know, and we know, uh, you have to do it with limits because it quickly right that's too because that whole honeymoon phase is man, I learned like early on when I first moved to Florida, I'd only been doing this a year or two. When I first moved here, I went to a rescue and I said, "Give me your worst dog." And they gave me this super 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 nervous dog and I kept it for a while. And to your point after a little while i had peeled back enough layers of like the nervousness also i i think somebody had knocked at the door or something and the dog just went I was like, whoa where did that come from mm-hmm. right and you start to realize as, as you're pulling this stuff back you're you're either removing this layer of stuff that was inhibiting you know and so people i think the mistake that and that mistake is people make what let the dog figure it out the dog needs time you know they always go into that the dog needs time they need to figure it out as opposed to you always having that plan always making sure that, you know, because if you if your dogs didn't check it, you would have checked it. You know, you're you know, it's keeping everything as what's in front of you. i had a client the other day, they were like, Well, he normally doesn't do that. And I go, Hey, I get what you're saying. But I go a good idea is to never, never allow a phrase like that to even enter. Like Mm -hmm. what's in front of you right now is what's in front of you right now. The whole normally thing is a real stumbling block for people because it, it takes you out of the ability to deal with the situation. You know, so you have this dog that was really sensitive. All of a sudden it gets really hyped up and starts to act pushy. And you sit there for a few minutes and go, well, you normally, you know, you were, yeah. as of, you know, as opposed to staying with what it is and then and moving with it.
2: i what happened with this dog, by the way. The same thing with this dog. So I, uh, she started, I, I was kind of feeding um, them all together. Um, and so I, I have a, a laundry room where, where the dog food is at and I feed um, two of my dogs in the laundry room. Uh, just because that's, that's where they kind of stay when I'm, it's right here next to me. So when I'm in the studio, they're like in the laundry room or here with me. Uh, but that's where the food was at. And so, uh, and she, I kept her in there in the beginning. Uh, and I, and I noticed that she started to kind of guard the area. She was, it, it wasn't like she was making sound. It was the look that she was giving. And I was like, Nope, we're not having this right now. We're not getting, we're not starting this. Like, you know, um, and so I started, you know, kind of working her through through things, um, and you know she's coming around. She's she's I don't even have to have a leash on this dog, Todd. She's freaking amazing, dude. Like she's like Dorian's dogs. Like she is yeah. awesome. So you know we- when
1: I brought Blue home, the the, the uh, shepherd husky mix, uh, she was home, she home uh, a couple of days, and my wife calls me just m- both mad and sad and scared at the same time. And Mr. Pickles and her had gotten in a fight in the kitchen, right behind her, you know. So it was in and in, in contained. So she thought it was over food, and you know, I came home and whatever the the food was, I just put it on the ground. If that was what would have been the food, I mean, it's well past it. It's not like I'm disciplining it. It's more or less like fuck if this is what it's going to be, you know. So put it right down. Let's just get let's get to it. or if, you, if anybody's going to possess, let's do it now that I'm here, and. And then it's like, okay, now we know this exists. And and like you said, now you know it exists. Now we can do something. So immediately there's, you know, you put things in place and it's, you got to pay attention to it. But if you stay focused on it for, how long do you guys think if you stay focused on it, the human gets stuck? Because, you know, my both right now I have, I wouldn't even blink or have a, a flash of a thought that if I had food in here, that they would fight, even though that when they first came together, it was one of the first things that they did. like. I don't know how easily and how quick you guys let things go, but I know the average human has a hard time, and my you know, client of that. And that really inhibits it because you stay tight for so long around the situation, around the food, around the social situation, and you can't let it go. And it goes back to the whole thing about like when dogs fight, the human can't let it go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why the, the tension stays in the room and everybody's waiting for it. I actually had this conversation the other day. Somebody brought a dog to me and it was aggressive, not aggressive, that wrong word, it did, she goes, it doesn't like my husband and it doesn't like my son. And I said, well, you know, let's talk. And we start talking. And I go, there's a couple of reasons. I go, your dog, your husband's got a really strong energy or you and your husband aren't getting along. And it's all these little things, you know, because this dog had really glommed onto her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as soon as it feels safe with something, just like the room you brought that dog home in. It's amazing how quick, if you make it feel safe, how it might start to possess you. You know, and, both, and her daughter looks at me and goes, yeah, they sleep in separate rooms. And so it's, you know, it's the smallest things you get, you tense up and you have one dog in your house and your husband owns the other dog and you guys aren't getting along and you guys walk in the room together and that tension flares up. So many of these things I've seen along the years cause fights and, and people downplay it. They don't know how much I think their, their vibe towards each other or towards the dogs can play into this.
2: The contagion.
1: The contagion. Yeah.
2: Well, well, what, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I mean, Lynn, go ahead.
0: I was just going to talk about what's all the same route, even though the subject and uh, context shifted a little bit, but each time you bring a dog in, and I'm talking to anybody and everybody, I understand, and you guys know, everybody knows, they know what they're doing. So when you bring a dog in, it's automatically a rule number nine. Everything is new and different. And what they're looking to do is find out how to establish a new norm. And so when we bring a dog in, let's say we use Art's dog that he found. Uh, First of all, he found it. It's cute as hell. It's sweet as hell, but it's brand new. Everything is brand new. We don't know how long the dog has either been at that location, what its life was like before that, whoever it is. And so when it's new, when you walk into a new school, you've got a, a mask on until you've observed how everything goes and you find where your click is or whatever, or somebody invites you into it. And then your mask slowly starts to come off on of who you actually are. And so when you bring a new dog in, you have to be careful that once that mask comes off, it's not some monster. Like you're seeing the little possess or the uh, guarding uh, signs and then Nala's saying, hey, you need to knock it down. So the honeymoon phase, there's a lot of freedom, and so the dog says, Hey, this is, I can bring out who I am. I think, I think, I think I can unveil who I am. And sometimes that unveiling is like a big fight behind in the kitchen or something worse. And I thought this is how we were. I thought that we were doing this. So by giving so much freedom or feeling sorry for them or whatever, you, you give them permission to, to do these other things that we may not like and say, Oh, wow. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like right. Everything and then provide, provide, provide. Take away, provide, take away, mm-hmm. hold away, hold away. And I'm talking everything, uh, and I'm not saying they don't get to eat or anything, but I'm,
1: everything is being so dicta- you away love, so you're taking away love, asshole.
2: Yeah, fuck stick. <laughs> by the way, I, I, that's a good point. By the way, because I, I, one little detail I forgot to mention. So my my in laws are in from Germany right now. Okay. And so, um, and uh, stepmother loves this dog that I found, right? So she's been given a lot of affection and, and, and I've had to tell her like, Hey, can you not do that? And this is where the first thing happened, by the way. So she was outside. I was on the side of the house and, oh, and, and they say it, so <laughs> right there,
0: she went into a new and different life. And then you had new and different people who weren't following the dog psychology rules and given extra affection. So she,
2: right. It's new. and different. So then, so then. Wow. So then uh, pickles came around and, you know, she's a very happy little lucky dog and, and it came here and I heard, Barrr! so she kind of like, like pushed her out and I was like, okay, let me see what happens. So I go, what happened? She was, oh, uh, Nogi. That we named her. Nogi. Nogi, uh, was pushing out to pickles and I was like, hmm so I said, let me, let me see. I just wanted to watch. I was watching it. And sure enough, that's what it was. But it was because of how the dog started to become uh, very de- codependent of that affection. right? And so I didn't have any of that stuff, and not that I don't give the dog affection, I do. I gave it very subtle, very calm affection, but this was a lot of excitement, you know. And so it, I, and I told my wife, I like, I mean, I had to tell her. I told my in law, like, hey, don't be doing that. So now the way we have it set up is like, I'm only outside with all the dogs now. If she's going to be around the mother in law, she has to give. She ha- she can only be alone with the dog, but and still give her some rules on what she's supposed to do.
0: That's the thing right there that's missing, is that you represent rules and testing of the rules. So that's when you're seeing a little guarding this or that. So it's just testing to see if you're gonna be strict with the, uh, the rules and or whatever love. She came in, she's new, she is a novelty to all the dogs and she picked me and I'm a new dog. I must be special, I'm gonna protect this because no rule is coming from her or ever been established by her. She's just there to provide this love that she's actually getting too. She's getting a lot out of it or she wouldn't be giving it. And so this dog doesn't see any structure. It's just a, a possession now or yeah. something of value that values me more than it values you. And I'm going to keep her. Uh, so again, that's new. It's all new and you're doing it right. You're Beginning again and saying, hey, look, we've got to have some rules, even if it's just having the dog sit for a second or down for a second, some sort of a instruction.
2: Any uh,
1: moments of regret art? What? Any moments like any moments of regret where it feels like it doesn't fit?
2: No. I mean, honestly, she's so sensitive. This this is the thing, by the way. You're learning. I know so, that she's a really sensitive dog too. So I'm using that to my advantage. So I know that if anything were to arise, I, I can always um you know use that sensitivity to help her out you know if she wasn't sensitive um and what i mean by that yeah. is I, I can make a sound I, I can and she's like whoa and it's not overwhelming it just puts a pause on what what she's about to do follow through slow her down
0: relax but right? that requires you to be there every single second right. if there's <laughs> worse.
1: but well it's like I, I did a post where i said you know to go off leash i have to have a sound to stop them and the ability to bring them back and some dogs just come to you sensitive enough that they don't want to be too far away they want the, the safety you know and, and just they just come pre-wired to be off-leash they come pre-wired to follow doesn't mean they won't throw out the shit you're talking about you know but it, at least like i i know exactly what you're saying is it's if there's off switch is there everything that you need essentially is there now it's just doing the work yeah. you know it's putting in the time and putting in the repetition Whatever area, it's not as smooth as it needs to be.
2: And by the way, I think that's another thing that I think should be talked about is because, you know, people's dogs, people do have dogs that get in a fight. Like, what's something they can do? And I mean, for me, uh, I I think that's why the walk is so valuable. It's such a valuable key in any relationship with a dog is when you bring home a dog, walk them together. When you come home, don't let them have the free time, you know, put them on a leash inside the house in the beginning. Uh, And if something does happen, take them on a walk and let that, that you're, we're coexisting. We're doing something together and we're doing something in the same movement. We're all doing the same thing, you know? And so, um, that's what this dog, she came in. We went on a walk with the dog. She goes on a walk with all our dogs now, like no, no issue, you know? Um, cause she's part of the pack. Like she, we brought her in and she just fit right in and everyone is, has for the most part accepted her. I only say for the most part only because Luna, our oldest dog, she's the one that I've talked about in the past where, you know, she's kind of in retirement. She's not, she doesn't want anything new. She's happy to just be with us, you know? So I, I kind of watch her just because she can, she's older. She's getting a little more grumpy. Uh, I'm getting another, another dog with a little more energy. And so I don't want anything to happen. I don't want to imprint anything from the beginning. But we well, the, the
1: other thing that, that you look for is, or at least that I look for is... <laughs> know that there might be something here and there. So I don't know if you go through, through this. So the assessment process for me is like, okay, I can stop her. Okay, good. Now we have this. Yeah. Now what may or may not set this dog off, right? Is it, is it going to be space related, like resource or possession related or excitement related for me, right? So you can categorize excitement as, you know, squirrel on the fence, somebody knocking at the door, too much play, you know, then some dogs, like you're saying, may get a little possessive. So now you have some space or resource type of stuff. Right. And so then I'm like starting to see if anything triggers that I'm, I'm looking at those things and shit. I just lost my track of thought because there's three things. There's three, there's three things that are basically that I'm, I'm, bas- I'm looking for to, to see where I'm going to move them to the next level. As far as the acceptance, as far as triggering the acceptance and everything. Fuck, what was I going to say? It's hilarious. And while you're thinking
0: about it, uh, the walk is fantastic and everybody should do that whether you have a good dog, bad dog, or a brand new dog. But what a walk is, is actually part of a structure that's the day. And it's a daily thing. That means that the walk is actually structured in itself. It's got a preparatory stage, an execution stage, and a conclusion stage. And now this event then fits into uh, a series of events that make up the day. And if I got a dog that just starts fighting or is brand new, no matter what, everything begins again. And we go over every ounce of the structure of the day to make sure that there isn't any leak where the dog believed, well, that this isn't being taken care of for me. So I have to do it. And it's not in this context, but I feel like it's in this other context, too. So I'm going to do this now. Somewhere along the line, the dog isn't on your track. So I just start all over. Everything's at zero. It could go really fast, like by the end of the day, everything's back to normal, or it could be a week. It depends on the context, the new dog, how long, or if it's an older dog that's been there for a while and wants to retire, but now this thing starts up, but it, now it ignited a thing inside a brand new puppy type dog who happens to be this breed. And now it fails. Oh, I got to do this all the time. So we really want to manage all of that. And this management is a form of leadership, but knowing every bit, Every bit of it, beginning to end, then the dog will let go, or you'll have to keep doing it to prove to the dog that it can let go. So you were saying something about, if they do it, I want to be able to turn it off. Great. Right. Turn it off. For me, if I'm going to use your your thing, now I need to teach the dog it can turn it off. And then I need to teach the der- dog derg, that it never needed to turn it on. Yep. So we get that far down the line where the dog is making such amazing choices that if I'm not paying attention or I come in late or something extreme happens, then I can turn it off because we've you done know, all.
1: A way I like to, to help people simplify it is that I, I don't have – I've never taken the approach I'm trying to get dogs to like each other. So if I bring in a new dog, my, goal, my, my, my end goal is I guess that, that would be the explanation. But essentially what I've, I'm doing is just removing a category of options. Right. So you can't you can't fight and argue with each other and you can't hide from each other. And then
0: fight or argue. You do. You check in with me and see if it's something you need to fight or argue about.
1: Well, basically what I'm saying is so I I, so people maybe don't think that the goal is to get dogs to like each other because we're playing with a more simple instinct. If I can move the. And leave an option of acceptance or happy go lucky for you, but remove the options of getting it above that or the ability to stay away then it kind of takes care of itself, right? Like I can't force a dog to like another dog, but I can remove the options that will prevent it from liking another dog. And I think right. that's a, a way that to me is a very simple way to look at it. it. And it takes away a lot of the pressure of, of I think what we go through of thinking we need to get our dogs to like each other. They have to be compatible if they're going to have a relationship, but even compatible dogs have this adjustment period that you have to help them through. And yeah, that's yeah. They don't need to
0: like each other. All those right. dogs in the facility most of them would want to kill each other but they coexisted and even enjoyed themselves they just didn't need to like the other guy Right And and nobody needs to like another person or anything but you do have a certain social uh, requirement of how you behave when you're in those situations
1: Calm avoidance or calm surrender I mean it depends on it depends on what you're trying to do all right so people like earlier really, if your dogs are ignoring each other that's gonna that's gonna end one way or another pretty much not good right if your dog is nothing doing but nothing but ignoring something it has to accept that's that's always gonna have an ending but i mean you can we calmly ignore everything on the street you don't talk to the people you see out in public we calmly ignore them I think that's acceptable in the airport people need... what's that? at the airport yeah exactly i mean the people that sit next to you in those type of places it's just you got to be able to see it
0: yeah, you, you move away from somebody who makes you feel weird right away. And you don't tell them that they're making you feel weird or unless they've intruded. Oh, I, in,
1: I just, I, I say, mean, you're
0: just not going to, unless they've done something, I'm not going to say anything to them. If they've done something to make me feel weird, I don't need to involve them in my decision to get away from them. That's just a waste of time. And now I got to debate with this person about whether they're weird or not. I, I don't have time for that. And so that's what we want the dogs to do. It's like, you know, we don't get along so well. So if you
1: want to learn how to practice knowing if dogs like each other, I think a good example, I always use this is, you don't even have to study dogs. You can look at people through glass. I always use that. So watch things with like species or people silently. You know, we have two cats and we're trying to, you want to figure out if the cat likes the kitten, which direction is it moving in reference towards the kitten, right? So if the kitten's right here and the cat's right here and the cat's moving towards the you know what I mean? So I mean, I think it's a way to do it. So let's wrap it up. And if, if you know, you guys out there need any, uh, have any questions, leave them because we'll uh, we'll answer them. We can do a break it down for you guys or have some videos for us, and that way we can include you more in it.
2: Since we've gone through uh, ten episodes, I think what we have been talking about uh, is maybe doing a, a live. It'd be kind of cool to do a live. We can kind of set it up. Um, and then also, we've been getting a lot of feedback, which we ha- are listening, guys. We are trying to make some changes, uh, some of the feedback that you guys have been giving us, and some of the questions. So, we are listening to you guys. Do not think that we're ignoring you guys, or not because we're not responding to you, but we are uh, going to sit down and talk about those things. So,
0: and that's that's what I was saying in the last post of announcing it. We're still learning the psychology of how this show is going to work. What is best for everybody? What they want? What we want? What then? Learning each other's algorithms we're still learning all of that and the ins and outs of the technology we're getting close to being more involved with everybody we're just still trying to figure this whole thing out so we can bring the best show to you cool
2: thank you guys all right guys have a good one